I mean, I'm never against a little talk talk in the show, but. Uh... Apart from the hammering and or uh, despite the hammering, hmm. um, how's it going, eh? It's going pretty good. Good, good. How's it going with you? What's you new? are no longer uh, in the great outdoors. It's not a field, am, field recording anymore. Uh, I am field adjacent. Um, <laughs> the window's open, oh, I but see. I am inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> inside the house uh, for a change. Right. Yes. So, um, oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's... Um, one of us has to remain inside uh, when the baby's around, so uh, I'm on baby watch at the moment. She's napping, but I need to be nearby to hear a cry yeah. if necessary. And while well, your uh, your lovely wife is being Farmer Josephine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, she she spent a couple days with her dad. Um, she was driving the the rake. Um, Let's see. She was pulling a rake uh, on the back of the tractor, <laughs> and then he was following behind with a baler, baling hay. Hmm. You can't get much more farmy than that. <laughs> yes. So they did a did a few acres yesterday, and um, several. I don't know how many acres, but it was a it was a two day job. Wow. And then um, now they're moving the tractors to uh, to a different location uh, for that person's next gig. So he he does the work. Um, but the the people that need the work done loan him the equipment, mm-hmm. so they already have the tractors and whatnot. And he, that's like a hobby for him to well, uh, to yeah. mow and and rake and bale. What would fields. something like that pay? Um, <laughs> mostly nothing. Uh, he he usually does it for free. <laughs> Handshake um, and a pie. Uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes no pie. Oh. Oh, <laughs> like point. I say, it's his hobby. Right, it's his hobby. He, but he does um, then at, at one point uh, here coming up, th- there's a particular field. Um, I, don't, I don't think he owns it, but he gets to do it for, for money. He said, that one's for me. Mm-hmm. But he gets to uh, sort of mm-hmm. use people's equipment. And I was like, I'll, I'll do this for you if you loan me your, mm-hmm. your stuff. And uh, so it's, a, it's kind of a win-win because he enjoys doing it. Right. Well, so. you have to do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, he was the fire. Uh, said last week, he's the fire <laughs> chief, mm-hmm. um, which fortunately doesn't take up all his time. Right. Um, well, some so of this could be he, considered preventive maintenance. Yes, <laughs> in a way. In a way, he um, he gets out and makes connections with the uh, the local mm-hmm. friends and community, and L- lowers um, the fire hazard, as it were. Mm-hmm, probably, <laughs> and uh, gets to do something he enjoys as well. Good for him. Win-win. Yep. Yeah, as you say. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's do a show. So. All right, sir. Um, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that should be the intro, that's by no, the way. It's, it's no big deal. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, how we what do else? it. We're just wing it. <laughs> yeah, what else is new? I'll tell you what else is new. Um, free high-speed Wi-Fi at our local bank. <laughs> this is amazing to me. How did you discover this, uh, this well, uh, um, we, event? When transferring from uh, from Arizona to here, we found out, and, and we've been banking with uh, Bank of America, the largest bank in the world, I believe, mm. um, for, for decades. 
Um, but they don't have the a Bank of America. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Graham, you remember, you remember Graham, was banking with them when they were still Bank of Italy back in the, I don't know, 30s, 40s? Do, do I remember um, Graham? Hold on. Graham. Oh, I, I was thinking a man named Graham. Graham Chapman? Uh, like You're in too deep with Graham the Python. Bill. Ahoy, hoy, uh, and all that. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. I remember. <laughs> they are, uh, yes. I mean, I, I, yeah. Big and uh, terrible. So, they are an awful bank. Yeah. Well, thankfully, we are. Um, <laughs> there is no Bank of America uh, mm -hmm. branch uh, within, say, an hour and a half of where we're going to be living, yeah. and also where we are right now. So, um, so we said, oh, well, you should change to this local bank, um, yeah. and happily so. They're very nice. Uh, Umpqua Bank. Um, little plug for Umpqua Bank. Mm -hmm. So they have uh, free high-speed Wi-Fi and coffee. And on Fridays, it's cookie day. Wow. <laughs> so, Big it up, as Dr. Carl says, for, for regional banks. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's nice. I go in there. They have got some, uh, some neat reading material um, to peruse while you're waiting, including um, this particular local branch has uh, some books by a, a local guy that has got to like the history of the area. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is all about the schools yeah. from the area starting back in the 1850s. Um, all the highlights schools magazine. and districts. <laughs> I didn't see any highlights. McCall's, uh, McLean's, yeah, probably. All, the, all the mix. Pro probably all the um, and, uh And the history of logging, the history of uh, the railroad and so forth. Uh -huh. So those were interesting to peruse. And um, the coffee is <laughs> it's just the kind of thing. <laughs> That would give me pause as to the amount of time I would have to wait. History of the railroad. Oh God! <laughs> uh, apparently, those fly off the shelves. He he, he can't <laughs> keep those in stock. The, uh, oh. the author. Oh. I'll tell you how local it was. Um, Megan expressed an interest in the school district uh, history book, and so I I was going to get it. It, it was her birthday just last week, um, so I went to get the book, and it had a business card there next to those at the bank, and it had the guy's name. So we just went over to his house. I called him up, went over to his house, <laughs> like, and he knock, uh, knock, hello. <laughs> hey, we saw your book at the bank, and uh, just thought we'd drop by. <laughs> it was almost like. Can that. we come in? But uh, got any punch? Uh, I called up the author, <laughs> and he was a very nice man. He gave directions to his house. Uh, I said, "Yeah, come on, come on up. I got got the book ready." Told me the price, and. Um, he had a real nice house on a hill overlooking the bay of Coos Bay and the bridge. It was a neat place, and um, he was super nice. Took me into his office and showed me the original, uh, the original covers on, are framed on his wall, and told me about a, a new two-volume book that he's just about to publish. It was uh, sitting on the couch with no. It was just blank, you know, mm -hmm. uh, not quite manuscript. <laughs> he fills it, it in as he goes. Prison, but <laughs> the whole thing wasn't blank. The cover was blank. <laughs> Let me rephrase. I figured. <laughs> Find me about 312 pages. I think that'll do. <laughs> and I am almost done with that. Once I get that part, mm -hmm. the book writes itself. Yes. <laughs> That's probably how Stephen King does it. <laughs> it's all, it oh, no. oh, no. We know exactly how Stephen King does it because he wrote That's a, true. A, a, a book on how he does it. Yeah. That's true. It would be um, who? Let's see. Who's a who's an author we can we can bash? Clive Cussler. <laughs> Clive Cussler calls up his publisher and says, "How many pages do you need?" Uh -huh. <laughs> All right, gotcha, Kevin. <laughs> right. Let's start with that. Then 
That's um, the Clancy, kernel I need. James, who's the who's the uh, James um, Patterson? Yeah, it's been James <laughs> Patterson. <laughs> Patterson. Just cranks him out. <laughs> or he has his people do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonny, it's um, James. Yeah, I need 450 <laughs> pages by next Tuesday. Yeah, don't <laughs> give me that. Well, you should have thought of that before you went on vacation. Yeah, when I was your age, I was doing 1,000 pages a day. <laughs> like, wasn't that, uh, there's an SNL sketch with um, uh, John Lovett as Stephen King. Back just, in, like, they, cranking oh, up typewriter, just pounding out <laughs> things. <laughs> it's ripping pages out as it goes. <laughs> Well, Stephen King has done it again. The Tommyknockers, King's latest thriller about aliens that take over a town in Maine, is the author's 14th novel to top the bestseller list. Mr. King is with us tonight from his home in Bangor, Maine. Stephen, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Dennis. I'm a big fan. Well, believe me, it's mutual. The Shining is one of my favorite books of all time. Well, I'm very flattered. Now, Stephen, I'm sure you're asked all the time about the sheer volume of the work you put out. How is it that you manage to be so prolific? Well, Dennis, I, I just make sure that I write every day. You know, I get up about 5 in the morning, work all alone here in my study, and I, I write till about breakfast, in the, which is about 8. And then I, I usually work straight through the day until dinner, and I, I don't eat lunch because I really can't afford it. <laughs> And, uh, well, if I get some ideas at night, I just come up here, put a few things down on paper. Those are hard to find. SNL we'll stuff is hard to find. They, well, they, they like to, uh... Yeah. It's like The Simpsons. Um, enforce. So I'm surprised we've found as much of The Simpsons as we have, because they, uh, they've, they've been pretty aggressive on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dripping away all of our, all of our fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all of our fair use people. <laughs> get with... <laughs> There's a there's a move to extend copyright another uh, seventy four years or sixty nine years or something yeah, like that for a whole full hundred and forty four. You you want to you want to non ironically talk about gross yeah, one hundred forty four? That's just ridiculous. Because I've been waiting <laughs> for a particular piece of music to become public domain. Mm. Um, and it is very nearly it. I think was it. So I need a quick get. I need to get those uh, arrangements uh, done of the whatever composer. Uh-huh. So anyway, um, it's it's, okay. it's it, it strikes me that it's seventy years. It's got to be seventy years. Life of the author plus seventy years. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, Generally. And the, by the way, thank you, Walt Disney, mm-hmm. for being the head lobbyist lobbyist for that. Mm-hmm. The Walt Disney Company thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on. So the the author was super nice. He um, showed me around his office and talked to me about the books. He said the uh, the railroad ones and the um, book about logging go super fast. The ones he said the uh, school district ones. I got like four hundred of them in the garage Jeez. still, and uh, and the um, the one about the conservation corps uh, in the area. I got about five hundred of those. But he has to do he has to have a print run in a, in um, a thousand. Minimum. Oh, I see. To uh, to be so it's not like a hundred dollars a book, you know. So because it's hardcover and tons of pictures and, and so uh-huh. forth. So you know, it's like a coffee table book. Got it. So it's real nice. Anyway, he that's, signed it. That's that's I, much. I think that's much nicer than the usual sort of local history, you know, publishing, because <laughs> they're mm-hmm. they're often pretty dry and. Uh, yeah, pictureless, yeah. if or maybe some scratchy, <laughs> <laughs> multiply photographed, photocopied <laughs> mm. um, pictures in the in that 
straightforward, strict, you know, um, like mimeograph quality. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, black these... and white. <laughs> black or white. No, no grayscale. <laughs> um, yeah, he went to lots of, uh, he went through a lot of research and talked to a lot of people, a lot of uh, folks uh, whenever he could. Uh, at least from what I've uh, what I've perused, well, he talked to people that plug. went What's to those name? schools. Oh, Bill Lansing, Bill uh, Lansing. William, Bill uh, William, whatever his author, Bill, whatever he uses as his authorial nom de plume. Yeah, William Bill Lansing, hmm. and you can hear the quotation marks there. So, <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. William Lansing, he's available on Amazon. Sweet, his books are available there. I will. Um, uh, I'll, and, uh, I'll link to his author pages if he's got one. Yeah. Yeah. I believe there's another uh, William Lansing that does a bunch of legal books. Uh, hmm. These are um, Southwestern Oregon historical uh, for the topic. So, yeah. Good good gentleman. Deserving of, of your hard-earned cash um, if you're interested in uh, history. Right. Well, Especially history, history of Southwestern Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, but, uh, or or railroads. Uh, you know, that's a, mm-hmm. a lot of folks get it because they're interested in railroading, regardless yeah. of the area. So, so he does a national, like a U.S. history of railroads, history of railroads no, 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 no. in the it's, U.S. It, no, it's the history of the railroads in this area. Oh, so. it's still it's still regional. Yep, I see. Regional history. Well, railroad people angles. are generally collector types, so they they would yeah. tend to want the minutia. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense to me. Yes, indeed. Um, then uh, one hesitates to use the word insane. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> that did not. That didn't come from me. But. <laughs> one should hesitate, I would think, uh, depending on whom you are dealing with. Uh, so back to the <laughs> insert Reverend Lovejoy. Attention, H.O. scale passengers. The dining car is closed. Root beer is still available, but the cost is now six fifty. Yes, <laughs> uh, that was one. I I sometimes appreciate such uh, an in, um, if I say intensely religious upbringing, people have <laughs> images of you know hyper Catholicism, but um, such a thoroughly <laughs> religious upbringing because of little lines <laughs> like the one in that. That uh, where where Ned sort of takes over uh-huh. the, the the advice <laughs> thing. Entrust right. your hand to my Ned. <laughs> uh, um, the only thing that uh, I am, uh, let's say, pseudo down upon our bank is we did open an account and it says on the wall um, a free bag of of uh, Umpqua. Coffee brew uh, with every new account, so we haven't gotten our free coffee yet. So I'm waiting for that part. <laughs> True to the spirit of the Pacific Northwest, they're aspiring coffee brewers. That's coffee right. roasters. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming that's why they get free coffee. Is they're trying to uh, trying to sell their <laughs> their, their coffee. It could ship. be more profitable than banking. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to shift industries quietly. Yeah, perhaps if this takes off. We are set. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> did I mention? Uh, no, I didn't mention. I put it in our show notes for um, 
or what do you call it? Pre-show notes? Show topics. Put it in simple note. Show topics for la- from last week. We didn't get to it, but um, when I was uh, getting the clip for Je- of Jeff Goldblum saying, must go faster, uh, <laughs> I went down the rabbit hole of Jeff Goldblum clips on YouTube, and there's one <laughs> where he's reading Principal Skinner's part in the uh, steamed hams. Yes. The bafflingly ubiquitous steamed hands meme. Oh, man. When you told me about that, I just didn't understand. Uh, no, this was a, the scale. Uh, a couple months ago, I think, when you yeah, uh-huh. when you told me that yeah. it existed. And it's already um, old by then. Yeah, yeah. I, I never knew. Mm. Um, but but then Jeff Goldblum didn't know what he was reading. <laughs> no. He didn't know what <laughs> the all. steamed hands no was. Nope. And uh, so afterwards, he's like, hey, what's that from? Yeah. I said, oh, that's an old Simpsons bit. And, oh, those guys are brilliant over there. Yeah. <laughs> as a guest, but, uh, How, he, did he only do one episode? He's only he's, Has he only been on one episode of Simpsons? Um, sure. I, I would imagine. I'll look it up. It, it's uh, Of course, uh, he was in, uh, he was Mac- MacArthur Parker. Um, oh, MacArthur yeah, Parker. Mac. That's right. We, we've actually literally done that clip on the show. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. The age. Troy, Mac showeth. Parker. Yes. <laughs> uh, MacArthur Parker. Awesome. In uh, episode uh, A Fish Called Selma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he so. reappeared in another one, maybe? He might have done a, oh, he might have done a callback, I, f- I feel, but uh, could be wrong. Either way, mm-hmm. he's been. He knows them. <laughs> Most definitely. Mm-hmm. So, but that, Which is that weird that he wouldn't recognize back. the term. But I guess he just had his part to read. So, mm-hmm. Mac Troy, Mac Troy, yeah, wouldn't yeah, have he, bothered he with the rest of the script, <laughs> right? Or <laughs> as a know, professional, had... you know, you don't necessarily want to. <laughs> you don't want to fill your brain with everyone's lines, just right? Your, and, just yeah, your I scenes. I don't know that it had Principal Skinner in that episode anyway. So mm-hmm. might not have. I'd be well, I mean, yeah. he could have been a fan of the show, but still. Um, but he wasn't. <laughs> Apparently, not a huge fan anyway. And and also, it was twenty years bef- uh, prior. Skinner, Skinner, does this have anything to do with the Simpsons? <laughs> you know, uh, I was on that show uh, a while back. <laughs> or is, are is it possibly? Or is it possibly uh, B. F. Skinner, the uh, noted <laughs> philosopher and psychologist? <laughs> Psychiatrist? Psychologist. I don't know. One of those. Um, psychologist. Uh, behavioral psychologist. Let's just say that. He's, right, uh, that's his, he's sort of the, the father of the field, if you like. Yes, indeed. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, well, that ground, that ground us to a halt, for sure. <laughs> well, we've, we both started thinking about uh, psychology in school, I'm sure. <laughs> Was I? there so... Did could I get put in a Skinner I, box? <laughs> could I parrot back Maslow's hierarchy of needs if I really had to? If I was if I had a gun to my head, <laughs> uh, we were we were discussing um, politics. Yes, before before the show. I mean, we do uh, sometimes and when you, we talk to you, each other you, outside the show. Yeah, and we're and you were wondering if uh, if we're a respite or if we're going to talk about politics on the show. I don't know because I'm, I don't. I don't know um, how our listeners feel about that. Having not done much politically, um, or just occasionally until you know, or through now, we'll say. Yeah. That's just uh, sometimes things come up, and I don't, I don't want to not talk about them. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, that's fine. I, I don't mind. And but but, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and other of the <laughs> future, uh, you can send us an email at uh, bros at it's just called twobrothers dot com. <laughs> are you ending the show right now? <laughs> no, uh, because uh, you know, if you want to send us an email with your thoughts and uh, on politics or other, might as well send it in. And if we if they if the audience uh, has a particular interest in mm. a topic, then uh, you know, shoot us an email and. We'll talk about that. Um, well, I mean, one of the reasons I don't want to not talk about it, if you can parse that, uh, mm-hmm. is just that it affects our lives. I mean, politics is just part of uh, the, the the daily thing that we do, in a sense. Certainly. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I become very irritated at people who say that um, people in certain positions shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't talk about politics oh because they're merely x right um that happens on twitter a lot why don't you stick to doing your show instead of commenting on politics mm-hmm. you know you're just an actor why don't you stick to acting but uh you know everybody but politicians is something else mm-hmm. so i don't see why acting should be singled out <laughs> Right. Well, the people who are commenting themselves, yeah. yes. uh, well, why don't you stick to whatever it is you do? Because you're not a politician either. I don't so, come to eh. where you work and slap the dick out of your mouth. So, <laughs> Woo! Hey! <laughs> it's a classic. I wanted to, I wanted to put it in there. Um, something else happened this week so that, that, that was yeah. sort of overshadowed that idea, though, and that was uh, Harlan Ellison died. Uh, I was 80, surprised. 84. At, at, Rip, to uh, use the term <laughs> rip, kids today. Rip, rip in peace. <laughs> uh, keep it light. <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know. <laughs> Harlan, Harlan Ellison, um, I hardly knew ye, mm-hmm. except through you, Marcus. Um, yeah. But I did stumble on, um, I, it was a collection of short stories, and I don't think they were all Harlan Ellison's. I think they were, they were, there were one or two in the collection that I, that I read, um, including the... What is it? I have no mouth, yet I must scream? I have right? no mouth, and I must scream. And I must scream. Um, which was very... Um, well, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was not dark and disturbed. It was just very uh, interesting. I would say it was, but yes. All right. All okay. right. I, not, well, dark, but not disturbed, mm-hmm. per se. Uh, I think it was very intriguing. intense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of his, um, many of his stories are. Um, that mm-hmm. is that is one of the minority, let's say, of stories that are uh, true science fiction. Mm-hmm. Of his, know. yes, of his. Uh-huh. Um, he, I think, the majority of stories are, uh, as he termed them, speculative fiction. Sort mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's so much fantasy in them, and not you know sword and sorcery variety, but um, yeah, fan- the fantastic. Um, that it, it sort of overshadows the the science fiction part, right? Okay, I can see that. Um, I don't again. I don't know a lot of his works, but mm-hmm. um, I was surprised that uh, that he was that age. Um, Nineteen thirty four. I died. Um, yeah, that was. I don't remember how I found him. There was a short story or three somewhere um, when I was in high school. Mm. And uh, I just latched on 
to that and him. You know, his personality. Yeah, I knew you was, were a fan from from way back. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I had been collecting his his books, which, <laughs> at, you know, that time were really hard to find. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not they're not easy now, except that it, they've been sort of recollected into new editions and and new volumes over the years. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, you can often find a repackaging of stuff. But I spent <laughs> many years uh, gathering together everything that I could get my hands on, and I've got a I've got a sort of one of the cubes of the bookshelf that's entirely devoted to Harlan Ellison books. Right. Um, cool. I don't know, maybe 20 of them or 30, tw- between 20 and 30. Um, so lots of collections of so- short stories and lots of essays, which really became my hmm. favorite thing. Interesting. That he wrote. Um, because they're even more his voice, which uh, I enjoyed. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's a little complicated. Um, he's being a little raked over the coals, you know, um, there's a lot of good riddance <laughs> attitude, <laughs> a lot of speculation that maybe, uh, the, the science fiction field would be better off if he hadn't been so prominent. Um, <laughs> because, okay. well, he, he was certainly irascible, um, Often angry, uh, very much um, a mean son of a bitch in his own words. Ah, okay. The Lewis Black of science fiction, speculative no, fiction. <laughs> no, Lewis ba- Lewis Black is angry, uh, but he's yeah. very nice, uh, okay. person to person. Right. By okay. by everything I can see, he is uh, <laughs> he's very friendly and open, one on one. Talking about things yes extremely <laughs> extremely fueled well, I know by rage his, that, yeah that's <laughs> but, his, that's his bit yes his, it at, is at least yeah. yeah um he he's easily uh, set off <laughs> yeah um yeah harlan um was not nice to many people um mm. so he he was i wrote about this on the blog uh it, it's good and bad you know he he was kind to many people. He uh, he fought for feminism and equal rights. He uh, he marched at Selma. Um, hmm. He he was a champion of the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, you know, fiercely advocating for it in his his columns whenever mm-hmm. he got the chance, whenever yeah. it came for a vote anywhere. Um, angrily uh, pointing figures when it didn't pass. You know, ultimately. In mm-hmm. what the late seventies or early eighties, um, but he also <laughs> was uh, kind of lecherous, uh, crude, mm. um, uh, not. Um, I don't know how gropy he was in general. Mm. I haven't been able to find a lot of stuff about it. Um, you know, uh, there haven't been a lot of. There are, are any women who've come forward that I've seen who've said, hey, Harlan Ellison, you know, sexually assaulted me. The mm. most prominent thing is uh, he g- groped Connie Willis's breast on stage at a science fiction con- uh, convention in 2006, I believe. Just out of the blue, um, for no other reason than he kind of seemed to think it would be amusing. Yeah. And, and, uh, 
<laughs> puckish, as he said, uh, uh, which is unacceptable. And it, it embarrassed her and put her, you know, off balance, to say the least. I you would know, think, yeah. Um, it, it affects you when somebody just violates your personal space in a sexual way or in a way that could be perceived as sexual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, a, that is a terrible thing. And that resonated throughout the field and, uh, you know, it, it to a lot of women. Do you know what I mean? That certainly that sort of um, anti-feminist behavior <laughs> uh, it did a lot of damage. Yeah, and I'm you know it's not outweighed <laughs> by good things he did, and uh, I think I'll link again to Cory Doctorow's a bit um, because it wasn't and he wasn't just mean to women. You know, he discouraged a lot of people who came to him for advice and um, critique and things like that, you know, in the field. He, he, if he perceived you to have crossed him or uh, criticized him or some, some such, you know, he mm-hmm. went after you directly <laughs> <laughs> in a, in a way um, outsized to the, to the damage that could have been done to him. You know, yeah. Um, so I just uh, I want to temper the eulogy, <laughs> right, with uh, an acknowledgement that um, indeed he he was often a jerk and he did damage to to the field as much as I don't know about as much, but in in this the similar fashion mm-hmm. to his championing of it and certain people within it. Yeah, it's interesting that the uh, almost uh, dichotomy there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. All right. Yeah. So, so uh, it's hard. It, yeah. w- interesting to have someone that is such a a deep part of my creative force in a way because mm-hmm. I delved so far into everything that I could find that he yeah wrote. I, I've I've read <laughs> almost everything he wrote over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's strange, and it must be well. It's it's the same, I'm sure, for um, for anybody that's now gotten well, not anybody, but for a lot of people that have gotten um, uh, brought in brought into the light through the Me Too movement. Yeah, uh, and all of a sudden you have to change your your perceptions right. of these people. Yes, and then and then some people who uh, who were um, Say heroes, or at least um, yeah, what looked is up word? to Admirees. in their fields. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in their in particular fields. Right. Um, it's like, oh, damn it! Now I have to <laughs> figure out how I feel about this person in this context. Yes. Context. We kind of brought it up there with the with the Jerry Seinfeld and Bill Cosby bit. Um, sure. I think it was a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's weird. You have to change your your way of thinking about these people when mm-hmm. you're say maybe your whole life practically you've thought a different way. And it's like right. instantly. Oh mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And I had lost touch a bit, um, the last 10 years. So I didn't, or 12, I didn't know about the incident when it happened just sort of soon after. And it was, uh, I didn't 
fully i didn't get the full picture either mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um he he ended up issuing a a, a non apology at first and then either talked to connie directly or um I, I don't i don't know if it was a public thing later but she said she accepted his apology when he made it mm-hmm. but um it, it's it's a, it's also unacceptable to me to to try to uh backpedal up front yeah. to overindulge in your own defense mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. accused um i mean when i remember when the louis ck thing happened um i i i started to <laughs> think about my past you know have, have i uh, you know, touch people inappropriately, you know, not sexually, but, um, I've certainly touched people on the shoulder or, you know, um, the arm and that sort of thing without their permission. Mm -hmm. And for some people that they don't, they don't want that. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, I became a bit of an adherent of Leo Buscalia's philosophy, if you like, um, you know, many years ago in the, in, I guess it was the eighties, right? Late again, late seventies and early eighties when he was, yeah, when, when he became uh, most prominent, I would start, say. Yeah. yeah. We mm-hmm. started doing his, most of his lectures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, started putting them on PBS and became yeah. really popular. Yeah. I think so. Um, that we as humans are, are starved for, uh, affection and love. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is, you know, needing human contact. Right. And I think most of us need more of it. And yeah, we're getting more, um, we're getting more distanced from each other yes. um, in person right. uh, and finding people uh, we can kind of glom onto in the digital realm because mm-hmm. it is so, so easy to, uh, to filter your way down to, to um, the kernels of, of uh, anything you're interested in. Right. So that, that yeah, that's separating you a lot of times from your uh, from people who are physically uh, closest to you. Yeah, it's a it's a thing that right now because of me too and because of a new consciousness um, about sexual assault in general, and um, you know uh, men's tendency to use their societal power. Uh, to force themselves on women in all kinds of ways mm-hmm. that I become a little more wary as a man of, uh, you know, even, <laughs> you know, <laughs> grabbing the shoulder, right. Of a, of a female colleague. Mm-hmm. So, um, and as a gay man, it's also different, you know, being out in our social circles because inappropriate touching <laughs> is practically de rigueur in <laughs> a crowded bar. Yeah. That is something yeah. that will Understood. happen mm-hmm. if I if I go out. So I I think I need to probably just keep thinking about it. Just just uh continue to try to be aware. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. we all probably should. And ask. I would, I, and ask. Yeah. Asking well, there, that's consent a tricky thing. Is, a, is, is never a bad thing. Sure. Uh, 
despite what um, the overly irritated by this stuff, uh, <laughs> by the, say, politically correct uh, um, haters, mm-hmm. uh, they would they would say, oh, I'm not going to ask everybody, but, you know, you, you, okay, figuring out a way to ask or a way to approach um, that thing is, yeah. you know, an ongoing process, I think, uh, until it becomes a societal norm itself. Sure. I imagine. Because we don't want to just never touch anyone. Right. <laughs> or become so cold and sterile as to be, you know, very uh, uh, specific. Mm-hmm. Would it be all right if, you know, hello, my name is yeah. James. Would it be all right if I shook your hand, you know, instead of just putting your hand out there? Yeah. Um, yeah there's, there's, some, there's some evolution that's got to take place mm-hmm. here in, uh, in our minds and behaviors. Right. All right, on that note, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it is uh, going a little long here, so I think we we should probably skip the, the probably, music share. We should. And, uh, did you want to? Hmm? What did did you recognize the the theme for the music share? No, no, I did not. It's um, I'll I'll put another clip here. It's it's called "Let the Music Do the Talking" by the Joe Perry Project. Oh. Nice. Oh, that's that, that's good. <laughs> I've been thinking about using that for uh, as long as we've been doing the music share, but um, <laughs> but it, it uh, but it uh, never. I don't know. The opportunity never presented. So, so. there mm-hmm. it is. Maybe that right. maybe that'll be the new thing. Maybe I'll find something else. <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. Mix it up. Mix <laughs> I'll it issue up. a correction corner mm-hmm. for <laughs> yeah. the correction of the music uh, music share music. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll put it. Go down a rabbit hole. Here's, here's another. Here's another longer segment, so you can hear the 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 gist of the song. Go. It's a, it's like a rockin' tune. It was in the brief period where he had left Aerosmith before he rejoined. Oh, rock and on. He had, a, he had a lot of stuff to do, <laughs> and Stephen was still, I think, mired in the depths of, of uh, partying. And uh, he wanted to, he, he just wanted to work. So Far out. <laughs> um, oops, speaking of different music and rockin' on... Uh, it's time for us to rock on out of here. Indeed, because so. they're, they've stopped using hammers and now they're using skill saws. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it is a, uh, a modern music machine, for sure. <laughs> and um, in case you didn't know, I'm James. I'm Marcus. And we are the team that puts together. <laughs> it's just called Two Brothers. Nice recovery. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> if you want to send us, uh, well, we did the email address. If you want to send us a tweet about my uh, boring pontificating on the show, you can do it at, at IJC2B. And um, let's see, it's just too called. 
<laughs> What's the name of our show? It's just called Two Brothers. I don't uh, know. Facebook? Something about uh, Two Brothers. Has been um, never updated. It's just there. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So if you ever want to send us a, any kind of message whatsoever, um, you know, if you want to. If you don't, it's, it's cool, man. We are happy to have you just listening. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> Absolutely.